Any views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of WSIC. All systems are a go. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. Taking care of Iredell with North Carolina State Representative Jeff McNeely is about to begin in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, Iredell County. Hope everybody's doing well this morning. A little overcast outside. It's actually pretty nice. I think if you got something to do, I'd get on out and do it. Feels pretty good out there compared to what it's going to be the rest of the week. Uh, everybody's talking about how the heat wave is. It's July. It's late July. We're in Iredell County in North Carolina. It's always hot this time of year, folks. I don't know if it's any hotter than normal, but it is. But it gives you, it gives people on the TV something to talk about. So, uh, hey, got a great show today. Uh, Going to have Senator Bill Rabin, uh, rules chairman uh, for the North Carolina Senate, is going to be on. And, and, and Bill's become a friend of mine and a good guy, and we got a lot to talk about, uh, a lot of stuff going on down in Raleigh as far as the way we're pr- approaching this session. Um, but now I will tell you it's been kind of quiet in Raleigh the last week or two. Uh, Budget talks are still going on, but uh, and it seems like we're getting a little closer, maybe. And, you know, funny, I had a, a reporter from the uh, News and Observer in Raleigh reach out to me saying that he was listening to my radio show and heard me say something and wanted more information on it. I gave him a little bit more, not a lot, but, hey, glad to see I got fans. Or is it just people waiting for me to slip up? Hmm, who knows, you know? I guess we'll figure that out when I slip up. That'll probably happen. So anyway, uh, one of the big things that I think is uh, real important going on right now, and, and those, the heat wave that we do have in the U.S. is really affecting a lot of the middle of the country, and that's where what we would call our bread basket, where a lot of our grains and crops are grown, uh, large amounts of them. I mean, North Carolina agriculture is number one here, but we're still not to the level in a lot of different ways. That uh, Do we got a caller? Well, let's take a caller and see, unless somebody wants to sell something. Maybe that's Pat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But anyway, hey, if you do want to call in and talk about anything, 704-873-1400. Love to hear from you. But getting back, like I said, we're having a heat wave. And, and the, the extreme heat is starting to cause some uh, concerns with our crop, uh, this nation, our corn, soybean crop. And, well, now we maybe got them back again. So let's try let's see what we got, Justin. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Hey, this is David from Taylorsville, North Carolina. How are you? Hey, David. Good to hear you from up in Taylorsville. Glad you're listening to us. What can I? What you got on hey, your mind? Just, just something crazy. And I was watching a little news feed that just popped up a little while ago. It just aggravates me about the current state of government. But you know, growing up, you know, my dad, as a little kid, he would say, "Yeah, I ain't eating that," and I would think, "If my dad won't eat it, I ain't eating it either." Mm-hmm. So I was probably 20 years old before I ever tried mozzarella cheese sticks and ranch dressing. Oh, wow. And I'm telling you, yeah. And I was like, my God, my dad screwed me up. What have I been missing my entire life? So when I had my daughter, Kaylin, I made it a point. If there was something that I knew that I didn't like, I would go, I don't care for that. No, thank you. And it, it, it. Put it on a playing field where she said, well, at least let me try. So Kaylin will eat anything. She loves raw vegetables. I mean, she, you know, I think we did it right. But having said that, 
I was just watching a news clip where, you know, I guess that maybe it was Congress when all the representatives wanted to get up and walk out when they were trying to get the testimony from the the doctor from Oregon who was talking about, you know, gender reassignment surgery being experimental. Mm-hmm. How many of these kids can be at home and be perfectly happy as a young child running around playing and their mom and dad sit them down and go, are you sure you're okay being a boy or a girl? And they put those crazy thoughts in their head, and then they're like, well, I was okay, but <laughs> am I not supposed to be? How do we combat that other than the power of the vote, which people, I mean, you know, if, if we were going to do it, I thought we'd have all done it in the last election cycle, mm. you know, and voted these people out. But how do you do it to, to a point where you protect our kids at this at this stage of the game when our own government is trying to weaponize the doctors to destroy their lives? So. I'll just be, you know, I'm going to sit back and just listen to your thoughts on that and appreciate you guys listening. Wow. All right. Um, David, I guess I'll just frame it this way. Uh, uh, You know, unfortunately, uh, uh, Satan roams up and down this earth all the time. And and that's what inspires or transpires things to happen uh, for the bad. Um, In North Carolina, which is really all I can help control, uh, we have a bill. It got vetoed. We'll be back first part of August. Uh, to, that's when we got scheduled for our override. We'll work for them, but we got an override scheduled in to uh, to override the governor's veto to protect young people until they're uh, 18 years of age. And and I think that's something that we have to do. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of confused people out there, and I'm not talking so much about the kids as I am really. I think their parents. Uh, I always say, you know, to drive a car, you have to have a driver's license. You have to have a lot of different things and qualifications to be able to do things. But unfortunately, we've left parenting to be very, very few qualifications. And uh, I think people need to understand the responsibility here is your job is to help nurture this child. And they become a a, a very good and uh, productive adult. And, and then you succeeded. And if you can get them to know Jesus Christ as their Savior in any way and they come to find him, then you've really succeeded. So I, I pray that um, parents understand that they're making some knee-jerk decisions a lot of times and they need to let things unfold. Uh, so until then, we're going to do our best to protect the ones that don't really have a voice or a vote, which are the ones under 18, who may be misled or may not understand the the brevity of their decision they make, and that's about all I can say on it, David. Uh, you know, I, I I think it's crazy, <laughs> personally myself. So I hope maybe that answered it. But we are passing legislation. It will be uh, it will be put into law first part of August. Uh, it'll probably become effect sometime right about that same time, uh, and I don't think it can come quick enough. So let's just uh, let's just pray that. That people wait because, in my opinion, until a kid's 18 years of age, which is the legal age of consent, uh, we're just going back and forth to the bathroom. We're not doing a whole lot else. And uh, I think that would be a wise thing. So, anyway, uh, getting back a little bit, what I was talking about, appreciate you calling in though, uh, affecting our crop condition. Russia has now come in and, and halted uh, grain from leaving uh, the Black Sea ports uh, over in. Uh, uh, so they've stopped this right now in the Ukraine. And this was a world hunger issue that got bargained out last year. It lasted about a year. 
they were supposedly shipping to Africa, Middle East, Asia, a lot of undeveloped countries. And um, it was actually helping uh, the Ukraine far as their agricultural exports. So things, it was a good thing for everybody. It was one of these few agreements that happens during war that actually was a positive. Uh, but come to find out, and Russia decided they'd had enough of this because their grains had been sanctioned. So they said, no, we're stopping it. Uh, 25% of about 33 million tons of grain actually ended up going to China. And the other 30% went to some other developing countries. So over half of the grain that did leave the Ukraine that was supposed to be for the hungry of the world didn't quite get to the hungry of the world. It got to other people. So, uh, and I'm not saying that this wasn't a good thing and I wish they could keep exporting. So don't get me wrong on that. But uh, things often get twisted. It starts out with good, good intentions and sometimes ends up in different ways. So interesting how this works. Uh, but, you know, and, and also within hours, uh, Russia bombed uh, the port of Odessa after making this. So uh, we're going to go to our hard 15-minute, 11-15 uh, uh, break here and be right back. No, I got Bill Rabin coming on right after 1130, so hang tight with us, folks. We'll be right back and got a little bit more to talk about. Hey, we're back from our break here, and I'm still figuring this out here because we got like a couple new different breaks, but we're learning. Hey, I got Mike on the phone. We're going to bring him in. He says he's got an interesting question, so we're curious to hear what it is. Hey, Mike, are you there? Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Hey, I got you. I got you. What you got going on, Mike? What What you got on your mind? Uh, it, it's just one of those things that I don't know if you can answer and have any change in, but uh, I went last week to uh, – Walgreens to pick up a EpiPen. It cost me two hundred and eighty-one dollars and eighty-six cents. And uh, I asked the lady why I was there. I said, uh, can, well, "What would it cost me if I was a drug addict and needed Narcan? I can get free Narcan shots if I want to be sorry and useless and overdose. I can get Narcan shots for free. But if I want to go to work and get stung by a bee because I'm at work working outside." Hey, I got a question for my. Has it been that high, or has it gone up? Because I didn't think they were that expensive. Uh, it, the last time I bought, it's been several years ago. Uh, they were over a hundred. I think it was closer to two hundred. But yeah, and, it, uh, and now it's a three hundred dollar thing. You know, I'm a county employee, so you know what kind of insurance you get when you're in that kind of business. But uh, I just found it kind of interesting that that if you want to be a, a crackhead, you can get. Uh, of course, you know, you can go to the clinics and get all the free drugs you want. Mm. Then you can overdose, and they'll give you shots to bring you back. And uh, yeah. but if you want to go to work, work outside, get stung by a bee, you can. You're going to pay three hundred dollars to live. Dang. I did not realize that it got that out. Well, that's kind of the craziness we live uh, in this world, unfortunately. And the next little thing I was going to get into was what's going on down in Texas and their buoys they put in the Rio Grande. So uh, I I feel for you. I don't know if there's much I can do about the price on the EpiPen and whatnot, but I, I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. If, if, we're, if, we're, willing, if we're willing to do it to the crackheads and the drugheads of the world, why don't we want to help the other people? I got you. Yeah, and and as far as those buoys go, they need to put more of them up and uh, solve that problem. Well, I know it, it, this is this whole thing is is crazy. 
it's crazy. But anyway, hey, I appreciate you calling in. I will take a look, talk to my people down there and see why the, the EpiPens have gone so ridiculously high. What's caused that? So I'll ask some questions yeah. on our health department down there. All right, I appreciate it. Sir. All right, man, you be good. Yeah, that, that gives me a lead way in. We talked about the Russia, and the things could get tough, folks. We could see grain prices really spike uh, with what's going on. But let's talk a little bit about Texas. Now, Texas put some buoys out in the Rio Grande River here a couple weeks ago, and they had razor wire attached to them. They're in the middle of the river, though. They're long, and they're strung down through the middle. They're not like going from one side to the other. you got to get into the river to get to them. All right? So... Uh, it seems that uh, uh, the, our Biden administration has reached out and said that these are illegal and uh, that the, they're going to, uh, they're unlawful and they're going to sue Texas if they don't remove these buoys with razor wire wrapped around them to try to be a deterrent from crossing in certain places. Now, uh, Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, says that you know, he, he has a sovereign right to protect his state lines and his borders, and I believe he does. And, and a lot of this come from a, a highway patrolman, a trooper, that happened to be put down there along with the National Guard saying that the inhumane things we're doing, we're, we're not helping people, we're not giving them water, and it's over 100 degrees when they come across to Rio Grande, and we're not doing They're entering our country illegally. Any barrier that we can put up to stop illegal entry makes sense to me. If you don't get in the river to cross it, because why else would you be in the river? If you don't get in the river, odds are you're not going to get cut or tangled up in the buoys with the razor wire on them. They're a deterrent to keep you from doing something illegal. But yet the Biden administration has done, told them they're going to have to remove these. It's unlawful. So we're not doing anything to prevent people from coming over. When we do, it's proved to be unlawful, according to this administration that's in. This is crazy. This is crazy. If you, I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> do we have a caller? Let's take one because I, I, I'm dumbfounded. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeil. Who we got? Hey, Jeff, William here. Um, nobody's holding a gun to those immigrants' head and telling them to cross the Rio Grande. Yeah. They're crossing the Rio Grande because they're trying to make a better life for themselves, some of them, and then some of them are up to no good. We know that. So, yeah, I agree with you, and I agree with Greg Abbott. you got to do what you got to do here to protect your property. I, I mean, that's, that's, that would be like me setting up, a, putting a bird alarm on my house, and, and when the people break in, the bird alarm scares them, and that would be a bad thing because we wouldn't want that siren to scare them. So I need to take the bird alarm out of my house. I mean, that's kind of the same principle, isn't it? This is it's maddening. It's maddening the logic that I'm seeing here. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there, no, nobody's hurt if nobody goes towards the buoys. And if you don't cross over the buoys, you don't enter the United States. This looks like a good idea to me. It looks like almost like a wall, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. You know, I I just don't I don't understand it neither. I think, you know, if they're going to go as far as doing something like this and thinking that we're bullying people or whatever, well, why don't we just go ahead and arrest Jill Biden while we're at it for uh, elderly abuse? 
because she's allowing her husband to continue on up there trying to run the show when he don't even know where the bathroom's at up there in the White House. Well, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Not only can he not run a country, he couldn't run a country store. I'm just telling you, it's sad. It's sad. And, and you know, it's not just him. It's the whole brevity. All the people that have been put in places under this administration and under previous administrations during the Obama era, and Trump didn't clean house like I wish he would, and he tried. But we're seeing, we're seeing many years of bureaucracy piled on top of each other and craziness now from it. You know, Jeff, real quick, you look at the $2 bill, and there's several patterns of the $2 bill. One of them, for instance, has got all the president's men signed a declaration in 1776. You look at that picture, there's all men in that picture. Back in those days, there was probably not many, if any at all, women in politics. Look how far we've come along now. We've got a lot of women in politics. Some of them women up there in Washington, D.C. are disrespecting the office. They need their hind ends kicked. They need to take a good, long, hard look at that two-hour bill and realize how far we've come in this country in the last 200-something years. Well, unfortunately, I see I see good men and good women, and then I see bad men and bad women. And and the ones that need to be kicked are the bad, whatever, whether they're, they're man, woman, I don't care, red, yellow, black, or white. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, constitutionally, we should be correct. We should want to protect America as sovereign soul. We have laws. We should enforce the laws. We should live by the laws. Unfortunately, that's some people are just problem. not even paying attention to the laws. That's the problem. Yeah, that I know that problem. sounded like a bigot towards women. I didn't mean that in that way. I'm just saying that, you know, that's how far we've come in this country, Jeff, is we've got a lot of women in politics now, and some of them are good and got good ideas, and we might even have a woman for a president someday. Um, the ones that are trying to run now, no, absolutely not. But Sailor Palin might be a good woman to be a president someday. I don't know. But I don't know if she's ever going to step back into the race. she's got any sense about her, she'll probably just stay over there in Alaska enjoy the rest <laughs> of her life and stay out of Washington. <laughs> well, but anyway. There's some truth to that. There's some truth. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you go. And I uh, appreciate you, uh, Jeff. Thank take you. Care. All right, you take care, man. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. We, we talk about wanting to enforce our laws in this country, and then we're also trying to talk about not doing it. Hey, it looks like we got another caller. We got about three minutes. We'll take it and see what we got. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Yeah, this is John. I was calling in about your guest coming in uh, after the middle of the hour. But, but Senator Bill Wright, this Senator, sounds like John Allen, if I if I guess the voice right. Is this John? You know, you know, it's it's amazing that we have a, a Republican senator who is sold out to the environmentalist wacko lobby, wanting to put nurseries out of business. This is completely unreasonable what he's wanting to do with banning na- uh, plants that weren't native to North Carolina because about seventy five percent of what we grow in landscaping in your yard is from somewhere else and it was a useful plant that was brought to the united states you know when i when i put out on facebook this morning that i was going to have senator bill rabin on i had an inkling i'd hear from you today john just for some some kind of you know espn 
intuition, you know, that you was going to call. And, and folks, I, I, and we may touch on a little bit when, when I get Senator Rabin on the show here in a little bit. Uh, he's ran a bill where he wants just native plants used in uh, like our state parks and along our state roads. Um, for some reason or another, him and Bradford Pears, and I think it's Crepe Myrtles, isn't it? Isn't that the other one? What is it? Yeah. You know, uh, marijuana he doesn't like. He's wanting to legalize marijuana by outlaw your crepe myrtles. Now that's just crazy. Well, you know, hey, Bill is is he's he's he has his way about him. He has his ideas of what he'd like to see done. So I'm, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit here to him in a minute. But I understand you're a no on that issue. Is that correct? significantly and you know the thing is honeybees that they're saying they're trying to protect pollinators honeybees are originally native to africa and and migrated into italy the version that we have are from uh, we call them italian honeybees so even the bees that we have are not native so we're trying to protect the bees from plants that are from other countries as well but the bees aren't even from here well, you know, and the thing too, we've talked, and we've got about twenty seconds here, John. We got to get off and go to break. Uh, but uh, you know, we've done a lot of research in this country through our university systems and all these different things, and created hybrids and and created different different varieties. So it, it, it's important that we we don't throw away all of our research. And I get you on that. All right, going to break. Take care, John. Keep listening. All right, folks, we're back here for the second half of the show. Let me see if we can bring our guest on, Senator Bill Rabin. Senator, uh, Senator Rabin, are you there? I'm doing fine this morning, but uh, Representative McNeely, before we get started, is this going to be a, a ref and senator or is it going to be a Bill and Jeff conversation? I, I want it to be a Bill and Jeff conversation, if that's all right, right. with you. I like it. Uh, right. I appreciate Cause it. Because we're just going to talk. We're just going to talk about all that's going on down there. Hey, uh, let me ask a question. Have you been on Vicki's show? Has she had you on her show? Have I been what? On Vicki yeah. Sawyer's. No. Well, see, there you go. The, you're, the, I'm the first one to get you here in Iredell County. So there. This is special. Uh-huh. This is special. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I always do this. To, t- who is Bill Rabin? Tell my listeners up here in Iredell County because you, you're a good ways from home from here. So who is Bill Rabin? Well, uh, you know, I, I guess I guess I could start and go backwards. Uh, uh, I'm a member of the Senate to, and represent uh, District 8, which is Brunswick, Columbus, and uh, a little piece of New Hanover County down on the very, very southeastern most coast of North Carolina. Uh, if you go any further south, you're in South Carolina than where I am. Pretty country down uh, there. Pretty country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, you know, the beach and all. And uh, uh, I grew up in Columbus County. I went to State College before it was uh, university. And then I went to the University of Georgia and became, uh, got a, a degree in veterinary medicine. I practiced veterinary medicine for 47 years uh, in Brunswick County and finally retired this past January. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much who I am and what I've been. Well, uh, and now you, you've worked small animal, right? There's not maybe some horses down yeah. there, not too many cows, but mostly small. Animals. So you've made a killing then. That's how we always say it in the, in the vet <laughs> business. <laughs> Us people, well, people I, working I, on I the big animals can't make no money. They go hungry. But those guys on the dogs and cats now, they do well. They, and I'm proud of you. Good for you. That was, 
that was the tail end of my career, uh, Jeff. When I came in, uh, there were only 16,000 people in Brunswick County, and I was the first uh, veterinarian ever to set up practice. Like really? That. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah, so, I, I did. I did all creatures. I don't care what they were, but I did. Uh, uh, I used to tell folks, they said, what do you work on? I said, hogs and dogs. <laughs> Now, now you've got a little bit of. Do you have a little bit of Wilmington? Don't you got maybe like right to the edge or part of it? How far do you go up that far? I, yeah, yeah, I have a little, a little bit of uh, downtown Wilmington in New Hanover County. Other than that, I have Brunswick and all. Everything south. There. Everything south. All right, and, and yeah. now you—is this your seventh term or eighth term? Because you've been down there yeah. a while. Seven. So you're you're going on fourteen years and been there and 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 now the rules chair and and for people out there, I'll give you you know the the rules chair. That's the last committee in either the House or the Senate. There's both a House rules and a Senate rules. That's the last committee you've got to get a a majority vote uh, positive for you're going to move to the floor to let the body vote on you. So it's the last hurdle, as we say, and it's critical. Got to have it. Can't get there unless you get through it, so it's important. Now, we all laugh over in the house, and some of y'all have made me heard, heard me say this around Iredell County, that, that uh, Senator Rabin over there has this big filing cabinet, this big drawer, and, and mine and a lot of other bills go there just to have a good resting place, and some die. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, <laughs> that's true. Not many of yours. You, you, I, I've been blessed. You've been good to me. You've been good to me. And I thank you, sir. I thank you. You send uh, you send some good common sense bills over, and a good conservative common sense bills over, and uh, that that's what we're looking for. Uh, you know, not a lot of fluff. And you know, rule chairman is either, either the nicest guy in the world or the worst guy in the world. It depends on. Uh, what bill? Whose bill? And what day? Hey. But it goes. But it goes to the floor. Uh, everybody wants to slap you on the back, tell you how great you are, and then when it doesn't go to the floor, they want to tell you just what a so and so. Well, hot or cold, there's no lukewarm. There uh, is. There is. And, and, and you know, I've heard people say he's he's cantankerous. I've, I I I think he's. I think you're pretty crafty. I've watched you for the last four years now, and. Going on five, and and and, and I, I learned a lot from Bill Raven. He's a pretty sharp rascal. So, and we had a caller, one of my guys. He heard I put it on Facebook. He was calling in. Of course, he called in. You ran that bill about the native plants, and we won't get into that much because we want to talk about something else. I think it's more important. But uh, you know, I, I know that you. Uh, I, I told somebody. I said I don't know what a crepe myrtle or a Bradford pear done to him in his childhood, but something didn't go right, and he's been after him about ever since. So I know, I know you don't like the way the Bradford pears start smelling once that fruit starts rotting. I know that's one thing you've told me before you didn't care much for. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, I, I'm big uh, I'm, I'm big into the native plant bill and this and that because of the invasive species and the problems that we cause. And I'm not a back, you know, I'm a backyard birder. I, I love my bird watching and this and that and the other. And, and of course, the bees are so critical. But uh, the common sense of it is is that North Carolina, and I'm, we talked about Basically, uh, our parks uh, and uh, our roadways, the yep. of transportation. Well, we have more. We have more land than Yellowstone Park. Wow! Did not realize we, that. North Carolina owns more public right of way than, than it would. They would fill Yellowstone Park. Hmm. 
And so why not why not have our roadways as a park, but not necessarily just for that? Why not have them, you know, beautiful species from North Carolina that we can show off what we have, and at the same time be beneficial to our wildlife and our birds and our uh, and our pollinators? Because as, uh, as things change, uh, pollinating our crops and taking care of the farmland is going to be really really important down the road. Well, and, and we've talked a little bit before about the, the bee population is constantly under attack from something. I mean, it's either some kind of a, a, a wasp that eats them or there's a virus out that takes them. And, you know, when, when being farm people like we are, you know, agriculture and knowing when the bees are gone, there goes your vegetables, flowers. I mean, a lot of your different stuff, you got to have them pollinated. You know, you just do. And, and and it's critical. It, it's what makes the world go round. People don't realize that. So it is critical, and, and we have a corridor that connects everything, so uh, the thing can spread and can thrive. Okay. Well, well let, let's let's jump into the meat of the subject because we've talked about this quite a bit, in my opinion. I mean, lot, about every time I see you, we talk. You know, on this thing, I know yeah. you are the proponent, the the main push behind medical marijuana being legalized in the state of North Carolina. And now we're going to take a break in about three minutes and come back and finish, know that. But tell tell the story. Tell your story why this is so important to you, Bill. Tell us. Because, I mean, I think that rings, I, I think that I, I helps a lot of people understand. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity. Uh, you know, first, I guess to talk about it too, about uh, what the bill does and the misunderstanding of it, what, how it came to fruition. Uh, the, the, the bill itself is simply to make uh, make it not illegal for uh, patients, patients, that's important, and the uh, health care provider, the physician, to use medical cannabis without breaking the law because it's being done right now and it's illegal. Uh, and uh, uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to take these people who are law-abiding citizens who want to do the right thing uh, our veterans, our terminal patients, people who are critically ill, uh, and help them out and make them legal. So, but this came about uh, 20 years ago, 23 years ago. Uh, I had cancer, and it was an only terminal patient, I more or less. had about 18 months to live. And uh, uh, I, I whipped it, and it was tough, and it was really tough. And, and during my treatment and during the... Uh, uh, the years that I went through it, uh, I saw so many people suffer, and I saw so many people die. Uh, and they were receiving treatment that, that uh, uh, gosh, some of them Jeff wouldn't even know what planet they were on. Wow. You know, and yeah. they, they they couldn't they couldn't eat, they couldn't swallow. Uh, the nausea was un, unbearable. The the uh, they had no no will to live, uh, and to, to be with their family. And uh, cannabis will alleviate those symptoms. It does alleviate those symptoms. And uh, uh, I would love to see uh, I would love to, to see our people and the aging population and the, uh, the cancer patients, the ALS patients, the Parkinson's patients, the, 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 the thousands and thousands of uh, 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 veterans uh, that, that are suffering. Get them relief and get it legally. There's no sense in not doing it. I mean, gosh, we've got CBD. That's cannabis, yeah. Oh, we've I know. Yeah. Corner, on every street corner. Yeah. We we we've legalized hemp, and the vote was—I mean, maybe two people 
and the entire House voted against it. Uh, I mean, there's just absolutely no reason uh, not to do this. Uh, 37 states, maybe 38 now, have passed medical cannabis. Uh, Oklahoma, you don't get more conservative than Oklahoma. Utah, you don't get more conservative than Utah. Good job. You know? uh, Hey, Bill, we're going to take a break. All right, folks, we're back here uh, with Senator Bill Rabin. Uh, Bill, you still with us? Is he still with yes, sir, Ray. All right, all right. And, and we started to have to take a break. You know, the bills have to get paid. Commercials have to be ran. But anyway, uh, you know, you were telling your own experience, and I think it was colon cancer, wasn't it, that you had had, Bill? Yeah. yeah. I had stage three colon cancer. Yeah, that's what I know. So, and, and, you know, I, when I first got down there, I, I was a no. I, I was a no to medical. I'm still a no to recreational. But I saw, I bet you in the last two, two and a half years, five, six hundred people come through the door of my office in Raleigh, uh, veterans, PTSD issues, telling me that we're losing a veteran a day to suicide. Now, I don't know if that's Wait, true or not, but it's, it's probably close. I'm not going to doubt them. But 22 nationwide. We're losing 22 veterans a day. Oh, the 22. Well, my God, that's even more than dream. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, 22 a day. And so, and so you know, y'all, I'm going to tell you, my listeners out there, I, I've, I've come 180 degrees. I've told uh, Senator Raymond, told Bill this, and I'll tell whoever, because I, I got to the point that I, I don't think that I'm God uh, and, and can tell somebody not to have the quality of life, that, that they feel like this this product, drug, we'll call it a drug because that's a pharmaceutical it is, that it can it can give you. And um, and, and now I know we're not going to get into it because you don't like to talk about you still got some ongoing health issues. Do you still use some or not use some at this time? And maybe I shouldn't well, ask I, that question. <laughs> well, you, you're certainly welcome to ask it. Absolutely not. So, Absolutely not. So only, only when you were doing the, the chemo and the cancer, did you? Now and now uh, not. So it, so you you used it like you're supposed to, like a medicines to be used for the for the only, problem at hand. Uh, I, the only time I ever used cannabis was when my oncologist said, "Bill, if you want to beat this thing, you better find some good pot because that marinol I prescribed you is not going to do it, and you're not going to be able to get through it." And it allowed you to be able to eat and keep an appetite. Because I know you told me that. You said if without it, you, you just wanted to throw up all the time and couldn't eat, couldn't do nothing. Uh, the, the nausea, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, you can't, you couldn't swallow, couldn't, couldn't, uh, if you tried to eat, you couldn't hold it down. I mean, uh, to this day, Jeff, when, when I was going through my treatment, I would, they would give you a great big styrofoam cup of crushed ice. And to this day, I cannot put my hand that's 23 years later on a styrofoam cup and not taste that chemotherapy hmm. you're talking about you know i mean that's a type of ptsd but it's just not I, just, I don't you'll never see me as you've ever seen me in the and you have a lot oh yeah uh, down yeah down in the cafeteria you never see me with drinking anything because i cannot touch a, a styrofoam cup and not get nauseated hmm I, I, I hadn't noticed it, but I, I believe you 100. percent that, that that just shows how something does resonate in your mind, you know, oh, how, with the association of it. Well, and and you know, we've got the veteran issue, like you said, we're losing 22 a day, not not to some kind of 
disease physically, but mentally this this torment. And I've had so many of them tell me that you know they can they can handle life if they can just yeah. get a break, take this, either smoke it or I think they got it in pill form some. A smoke seems to be the fastest way. They can handle life. And you know, we we never talk about it in in America, but I mean, you got all the men that come back from all the different wars, but especially like World War II and Korea, Vietnam, and now we're into Iraq and Afghanistan and all these things. The, the you know, I think it used to be a lot of them would come back and and would become alcoholics, you know, because that was the drug of the day. Right. And, and, and of course, everybody looks at alcohol. And I ain't gonna say everybody says it's the wonderful thing, but we just say, okay, well, it's alcohol, and that's good. That's fine. It's acceptable. We've made it acceptable. Mm-hmm. It's still a drug in itself to a point. Uh, and 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 look at the damage it's done. So I, I guess they'll say, and be careful the demons you pick out and and the ones you like and the ones you don't like, because uh, they're all still demons yeah. to a point. Uh, right. And, 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 you know, when you look at the public, and, and we represent the public, you and I both. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, and we represent, once we're elected, we represent both sides of the aisle, and we, uh, but we also uh, have a platform on which we ran, a conservative platform, and we've both been pretty doggone good uh, with sticking with it. That's right. But, you know, but when, when I look at it, when you look at the numbers of the people, uh, of the people that want that say, I am in favor of medical marijuana, uh, it polled at 82%, Jeff, 82% of the population, the voting population in mm. North Carolina. Mm. 82%. You tell me something other than mom and apple pie <laughs> that, that, that you have ever gotten someone to 82% of the people. If you walked outside right now and asked 82, asked 100 people if it was raining, 82 of them would not tell you yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> if they're getting wet. <laughs> they just know, whether they were wet or dry. They wouldn't. And, and then when we look at our party, uh, when, when we look at our party, uh, the, the uh, I mean, now I'm going to talk about Trump Republicans, okay? That, you, you know what I'm talking about. That's Trump right. Republicans. Hardcore. 63% of Trump Republicans are in favor of medical marijuana. 63% of Trump Republicans. And then when you get to go to the, the uh, demographics of where in the state, this one's going to surprise you and everybody listening. This is going to surprise you and everybody listening. Charlotte area is only 61%. Hmm. Eastern North Carolina, where I live, 71%. Uh, Western North Carolina, take a gander, 75%. I was going to say Western's higher because you got, you got Asheville. You throw Asheville in there, you know. Yeah, you uh, Asheville in there, but, uh, 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 you know, these are, uh, uh, when I hit these, uh, the, I'm, we're talking uh, – uh, parts of the state that I am surprised at. I, you know, I, I would have figured with Mecklenburg, you know, uh, that the number would have been higher. I, I really would. Yeah. So go figure. Yeah. I don't know. Go figure. But you know, and still, uh, still, all of them are way above fifty. So way above fifty. Yeah. And, and you and I know when we count votes, it, it, that fifty-one is real important because anything there and above, oh. you, you're a winner. Uh, where where you live and work uh, in Raleigh, sixty-one is the number you got to have. Yeah, that's right. And then my is 26. And you get 26 on one today, and you'll get a different 26 tomorrow. You'd love to get 36. That's right. But you know the critical number you have to reach. And uh, and that's, that's that's the world we live in. Uh, but well, uh, when I look at this one issue, uh, it baffles me, yeah. 
access to it. They didn't just blow through. Well, and, and you know, folks, if you don't know the the score, whatever it pa- it passed the Senate. Uh, y'all did what about thirty about thirty eight to twelve or something or what was it? I can't. It was way up there. Yeah, it's something uh, maybe thirty-eight to ten or a couple hours. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So it passed overwhelmingly above, above more more than just party lines. I mean, it was both sides yeah. in on it. Um, and so it comes over to the house, and we've been sitting on it, folks. I ain't gonna lie, we've been sitting on it. Yeah. And we've talked and talked in our caucus, and I'm not gonna give exact numbers, but I will tell you, yeah. it's about half and half. You know. Yeah. And and we always have a firm thing that we usually two thirds, two thirds to get it out of the caucus into committees and to the floor. I mean to get it moving. You you don't want to put yeah. something out like that where you just half and half and, and you end up that maybe more of the other side votes on a, a bill you put forward than your own people do. And so yeah. so it's just it's laying there, it's languishing, and and you know Bill, we'll be this frank. Things ain't moving a whole lot because of that. I mean, and we know it, and you know it, and we talk about it. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, Senate wants it. This is something that's high, high priority for you, but it's high, okay. high priority for, for Senator Berger, pro tem, and the, and the rest of what I call upper management wanting it. And so until this thing moves, a whole lot of other stuff isn't going to. It's just the way it is. now. And I've told people on my side, I said, hey, you know, the, the, they're 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 playing the game. They're working the deal just like we are. We do the same thing with some of our stuff. So don't be mad because we do it too. And so well, you know, emotions run high though. You and I know that. You know how people are. Oh yeah, but but, but you know, I mean, uh, Raleigh is all about compromise. It is it's all about compromise. It's say, hey, you know, I'm going to help you with this one, and I'm not 100 percent for it. There's things in every bill that I can vote against. And there are things in a lot of bills that I don't like that I could vote for. And I do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we all do. And, and when you draw a line to saying, uh, uh, sometimes you wish you hadn't. And, and we're losing, you know, uh, I'll ramble on you a little bit. I can tell you right now. I mean, right now, and you want, and I'll get very, very personal. Very personal. Uh, as you and I are talking on the phone, uh, my best friend's husband has cancer. Mm. Okay? He has cancer. And, and uh, North Carolina is dragging their feet on something that we could uh, have have moving within in a minute and a half if it were on the floor. That's right. So I just want to talk about it. My brother has been diagnosed and will start cancer treatment within the next two weeks. Dang. And you think I'm going to sit here? And 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 bite my tongue to members of the house, whether it's rank and file or whether it's leadership, and say I don't take it personally. You doggone right, I take it personally, Jeff. I take it very personally. Well, and you and you've lived. I've it. never said that before on the air or in private, well, but I take it very personally. I, uh, no offense, but I I, I kind of figured that out a while back. I kind of figured it out. I I, I mean, I and, and I've told people I said this is not. A constituent. This is not a lobbyist pushing Bill Rabin. This is Bill Rabin pushing Bill Rabin to get this done. And, and you and I both know that that passion's different. I've, there's some stuff I've worked yep. on, and when, when, if you got passion, you've got a lot. 
So, yeah. hey, we've about ran out of that gum time. We're just right here at the end. I appreciate you calling in. We're going to have you back on the show here not for too long, and maybe we'll get this Good done. Time. I enjoy it. Good time, man. I appreciate it. All right. You take care. We'll talk. Go Pack. That's right. Go Pack. Go pack. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, we just thank you. We pray for wisdom, Lord. We pray that you just enlighten us and 